When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Crunch Time. Zito Power Tools. German design quality and innovation powering DIYers. All day, every day. Visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. The round 14 edition of Crunch Time. We've looked back on the events of Friday nights. We're in conversation about Thursday. Port Adelaide's victory over Geelong. The dangerous tackle is is right in our faces at the moment. It's a mess for the game to try to navigate. And I'm rapt to say that Peggy O'Neill, the former president of Richmond, is going to join us in this hour as Trent Cochin reaches game 300 tonight. The big news of the week for Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. You can rely on book online at repcoservice.com. Jared Waitley, Sam Edmonds, Dermot Burton and Isaac Smith with you. Uh, what's going to happen with Kenny's contract, Sam? Oh. Nothing, if you listen to David Kosh. Nothing that hasn't already been stated. He is steadfast. As you know, Jared, that uh, nothing changes. They've agreed on the timeline. It's going to be August and possibly even later than that. 10 wins in a row, 11 wins in a row, 12, 13, 14 aren't going to change it for him. He says the club's got total alignment. We clubs bend to suit a narrative. We will not do that. When everything in our our existence thinks the bye week, this is it. This is where surely, you know, they've got, they're trying to convince players like Miles Bergman to stay. What will Kenny do for that? We're trying to bring players in like Asava Radigalera or Benny Mackay. Kenny Stain would do that. But no, they're refusing to budge at the moment. And Kenny at the moment remains out of contract beyond this season. And they're absolutely flying in the meantime. Yes, it's, it's really interesting. I, I must say, I didn't like him citing the St Kilda example of last year. Mm. I, I don't... I reckon I, I wouldn't be saying that stuff out loud. It'd be absolutely on what is being built here at Port Adelaide. Yep. And the, the bottom's not about to fall out in the back half of the season. And there has been not a single utterance of a negotiation. If it, For those involved in it that you, you speak to anyway, and you take it face value, no, there has been no movement at the station whatsoever in a formal sense between club management and coach. Has anyone spoken to Ken's manager? From just, another club? No, just anyone from the media, because they'll tell you. Mm. They'll let you know what's going on. Yeah, so it's radio silence for the time being. Yeah. And sticking to <laughs> August. You and I... Uh, it uh, would be interesting. Yeah. So um, Richmond are starting to run through their process. It would be so interesting if Richmond ran Ken Hinckley's management. <laughs> yes. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. That you have a vacancy. You're you're not a theoretical, we might be getting rid of the coach at the end of the year. I would expect they probably have it written on the board if they haven't done so already. And so interesting in the week that, so the Craig McRae re-signing through to the end of 2026, yeah. is if you lined everything up, you would, you would line up connection to the players, game plan and buy-in, Excellence, wins, prospects, not just now, but for the next three years. And the only difference is, is Craig's in his second year and Ken's in his 11th year. And that's so what they come back to. if you can overlook the fact that, um, that they, he's been here forever, he, he is running absolutely in tandem with Craig McRae and all of the qualities that we are marvelling at 
in the Collingwood coach are there in the Port Adelaide but coach. But is it, is it right then that Ken's bar should be higher than Flies because he's been there for a decade as opposed to two years? Well, that's uh, up to every club. But they brought him into the season and put him on trial, and he's passed that trial. But, do, but So I think you at have to some admit, point with your own people, you should go, hey, you've done a great job here. Of course we're going on Absolutely, together. yes. But you have to admit, if you want to call it he was on trial, that trial was a worthwhile exercise. He hadn't... His team hadn't performed under him for some time. Oh, well, they'd been making preliminary fights. So they ran the table on top of the ladder in 2020 and uh, got beaten by the team of the era in a thrilling preliminary final. And then they were more convincing the following year and blew their preliminary final hopelessly against the Bulldogs. Mm. And then they ran it. There was some tale to that and they ran aground with injury and they completely blew their last season. But previous to that, their preliminary final twice yes. at the absolute highest end with one bad season and now back at the top of the ladder. So we learned from the past. Historically, teams that go on the curve, those were salient points in time where they performed admirably. But then they started the downward curve and rarely after that downward curve, that, that's the art of being in a football club is recognise what's an outlier yep. and what's the start of the curve. So last so, year's the outlier. Yeah. Well, it, it would seem they that way now. They know that now. Yeah, well, they know that now. So but keep, it's having him on a short leash was yeah. the right thing to do. Correct, correct. But now it's also the right thing to do to acknowledge that, hey, by the way, brilliant, well done. We're actually set for can the you, next three years here, not just for this year. Can you do that now and go, well, we don't have to put pen to paper now? You don't have to, but isn't there a moment where you go, hey, you're our guy. We love you. We love what you've done for this footy club. Can you just we say that? We asked you to do this and you did the job. Can you just well say done. that until you're ready to actually Well, yesterday they were talking about, well, last year teams mm. did this and they fell off the cliff. That That's not a great Th- validation of your guy. But that's an answer to us because we're asking the questions. Yeah. I just think now is the time. Yeah. They got their answer, yeah. and they were right to search for their answer. And I absolutely believe what Kane says. They were out of Ken at the start of this year. There was no way they mm. thought he was going to be their coach in 2024. Well, they loaded but you it go, up. oh, hey, Warren we are right well. on here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, I, there's no right or wrong to this situation yeah. because they're going well. So there's no right way to go about this. You say it's right. I say that's you don't have to. Uh, what I say is right. You say, well, why wouldn't you? Uh, there's no right or wrong here. L- let it run its course. If everybody's happy to shake hands, smile and keep going along and say, right, we're probably ready now. But no one's, you know, no one's saying stay in your seat. Um, you're not coming to the dance. Um, yeah. Everybody's happy as long as they keep winning. Brendan Gale, just for a laugh, should ring Ken Hinckley's manager and say, hey, we'd like to talk to Ken during the bye. Do you reckon you could facilitate that? Now that is starting to get into mischievous behaviour. <laughs> I love mischievous behaviour. <laughs> um, we're in a mess with the dangerous tackle. So you're playing out there, Isaac. We're documenting the tribunal every week. I can't believe the idea at the start of the season with this crackdown, which I'm still not 100% certain was articulated for everybody, that we would have 21 suspensions Mm. after 13 rounds. That's actually not what the game wants or needs. There is a necessity around concussion, which I get. This is not where anybody expected it to be. And the most alarming part, I think, is the AFL won't go on record as to what they want. The coaches are in disagreement with what the AFL is doing and the players seem disinterested in the information that's coming. So how on earth do we get to a satisfactory point in this when everyone's just pushing in different directions? 
I think what you said there about the AFL hasn't come out at exactly said what they want. They don't know what they want. I think the biggest part, and we're going to go through this for the next two or three years, is, and it's been stated and talked about so much this year already, but around the head high contact, what damage is that causing and how it's going to look? We're seeing of all these uh, cases that have popped up over the last 20, 30 years that are now going into a class action and uh, the players that are missing games at the moment, and we talked about one just earlier on air with Harris Andrews and Marcus Adams. No one really knows where any of this is going to end up. So I think there's such fear around the protection of the head and how do we stop it to make sure it doesn't happen. And from there, I don't really know how to give you an answer. But the thing I don't want to see, which I think I'm starting to see creep into the game, one as a player... Um, we understand and we've been told we've got the responsibility to make sure that we don't injure an opposition player's head. Um, but I feel like now players, and as players do, are starting to find little tricks and nuances to maybe be able to draw a free kick from this. Um, and you don't want that to see come into the game as well because then we're going to take one step forward, two steps back. So I think this is going to evolve over the next two or three years. I don't think we're going to get a clear-cut answer in the next two or three weeks. So this tackle situation, this is not the finish line. It I, don't, either, I it, don't feel like it is. No, it either comes back more into a more aggressive-natured sport in line with a lot of the people in the world love to see robust behaviour. I don't think it's going to go that way. It'll go the other way because this cannot be the finish line for it. It'll go the other way where we have to have clear-cut adjudication upon procedure and this is not what I want, but it'll be this clear-cut adjudication on the procedure of the tackle, and it will be a lot less strenuous than what we are handing out right now. And that's, and I, I, I dislike that the sport is moving to that style of behaviour on the ground. I'd like to ask you and Jared a question, because I wasn't alive to see it. But is the sling tackle evolved over the last 10 to 20 years because coaching came around, you've got to take the play to ground because players are so good at getting the ball out now. Um, they're letting the tackle go longer because they want the ball to spill and hopefully we get more score off turnovers and fumbles and all those type of things. Was the sling tackle as prominent years ago? Yes, yes. It was? Yes, and... And an adjunct to that. So what happened was 20 years ago, players were so good at getting the ball out, you could tackle them and they'd hold the ball out in front. You'd end up tackling them around the waist. They had two hands free and they could accurately deliver a handball. Then the coaches had an effect on the game with congestion by stocking their players around the middle of the ground. And we suddenly went from... 30, 40 stoppages a game to 80 and there was density around the footy and then the coaches decided this is a, there's a lot on the coaches here the coaches decided that every time we get tackled and we try and legitimately get rid of the ball so we don't give up a holding the ball free kick it the spillage goes to more often than not the opposition they take it their direction so in a disingenuous way about playing the game to benefit your team, they've disguised 
and and with the the willingness of the the competition to say, oh, we want to give the ball player the benefit of the doubt. They've disguised on the back of being given more time to get rid of the ball, fake efforts to get rid of the ball, and the coaches say, and you would you would have heard this. In fact, you're a recidivist at this. I remember you doing it at the Hawks once in a game against Adelaide in a final, and it was down the Adelaide end, close to goal, and the ball, you're around a stoppage and you got the ball, you ran back into the stoppage to get tackled and had no prior opportunity. <laughs> Do you really? You, I remember very clearly. Yeah, and the umpire, and so guess what? 20 seconds gone. There was only 35 seconds left. So we're, we're disingenuous. The coaches have told us how to gobble up time. Do not allow them an advantage. And in that time, we've got so many other coaches saying, Take them to ground. Make sure that there is a spillage. If you take them to ground, there will be a spillage. And the easiest way, the most uh, robust way to get them to the ground is take them off their feet by swinging. So it's been an evolution. It, it, you mentioned 20 years ago. Or even, even 30, 40 years ago. Because yeah. you, you go, it's gone from 20 stoppages to 80 stop, like type stoppages. Yep. There's just got to be more tackles in the game when you yeah. purely look at those numbers. And I know tackles have gone up a lot over the years. But it felt like... We don't pay incorrect disposal anymore. No, we don't. Like because if you play, we want to give the advantage to the bloke who's got the ball. Yeah, if we blow the whistle quicker, if we play incorrect disposal, which is an actual rule that's been in the game forever and a day, that we don't pay anymore. So, Isaac, I during the week, I went back and watched a game because what they legitimately used to do was get the – in state of origin football, they got the two best umpires from the, from the two states competing. And I watched West Australia v Victoria, and it was a late 80s game you would be staggered at how quickly they blew the whistle when players were in tackle. And there was no bitching and moaning about it. There was, it had no hindrance on the game whatsoever. And nobody, not one soul at the ground would even say, oh, you've got to give the player going the ball and but the, 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 the benefit of the doubt. This all evolved over time because we didn't like the fact that the game was getting bogged down in stoppages and ball-ups and boundaries. We wanted the game to move. We wanted to but give that's the players on the coaches. So as much time to, to get, but some coaches still, co John Longwell still coaches for stoppages now. <laughs> yeah. So they wanted the game to keep flowing and, mm -hmm. and, to, and to remain into open play and give the people the run that, and, and free the sharing was the phrase for a long period of time. Yeah. So but when you've got, when you've got 14 players around no, no. a stoppage, that brings the opposition's 14. You've got 28 out of your 36 around it. Is it there's no way out. So they, they, they absorb the tackle. Can you mount the argument that we've been here before in other rule shifts over time and that there will be a period of time with the players nope. adjusting and we're seeing it already and nope. it's just going to be some inevitable teething problems until we nope. find a we've happy We've never move. had 21 suspensions in mm. a crackdown in 13 weeks. Is The bump took a long time and it took the changing of attitudes, particularly with the player with the head over the ball, and, and now we, we had the arguments around the fabric, ripping of the fabric of the air, yeah. but we didn't, we weren't getting 21 suspensions in 13 rounds as a result. Like th this is, I, mm. I maintain, this is not where anyone intended this to be, but yeah. this is where we find ourselves. And if, if everyone won't work together, I don't think there's any way out of it this year. We'll get that repeat. We'll have another 21 suspensions. And what worries me is what it looks like on preliminary final weekend, where it's for all the marbles. Yeah. Um, 
And are we going to have, like, what if we have six dangerous tackle suspensions mm. and preliminary final weekend? We're going to look and go, why didn't we short circuit this across the year? And everyone has a stake in that. So how do you provide? Not just the AFL in that. That's on players. That's on coaches. League to show them what it could be like. <laughs> how do you provide clarity in a, in, a, in a part of the game that has so many vagaries? It's uh, Well, I don't know the answer to that, but that had to be the foundation pillar, didn't it? So I, there are really clear dangerous tackles. So I'm interested in is, so are we at 21 because suddenly there's a deterioration in technique? No. No. Because we've moved the parameters. We have. So not, not we that didn't I ever work want, hand in glove, did we? Not that I ever want it to happen to this, but it feels like it's going to get to the stage where players will not be able to take players to ground. That's so, what it feels like. So it feels like we need the AFL to answer that question. Is that the actual end game? And is that practical? What would the game look like if we did that? Would it would it diminish the contest, the spectacle? I don't. So I don't feel like we know the answer to that because this is nobody's pet project. Because and this is, Kane's right. This is where the lack of having a footy boss is. This had to be somebody's hands-on project. Mm. This is what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it, and we're going to bring everybody with us. And everyone got left behind in this, despite the fact that the we understand the why, the head injury. We understand that. But the how is proving extremely difficult. Mm. And you talk about the why. I don't think there's anyone in the competition that has any issue with that, especially players, probably first and foremost players. So, yeah, the question is how how do we get to where we want to get to? But where where is that point? Yeah. And do, someone needs to say that. Do players still accept their uh, football injuries? Due to football acts, yeah, they do, yeah, and and players understand that when they go out there, there's uh, the ability for an accident to occur. But I think gone are the days where the deliberate yeah. actions so, are, okay. are now accepted. So yeah, absolutely, even an old mug like me <laughs> believes in that. I truly believe in that. So would Ryan Mansell? Would his action? Would most league footballers think that is an injury from a football action? Uh, I think we're if that was your teammate, we're ruling the line on the wrong one there. That's not an accident. No, no. This is this is to ascertain. Uh well, yeah. It's so, not. Uh, That's well, not an accident. So I think it is. I, I, I think it is because he's made his. You, you, the accident is because Clear the dance floor. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give 10 seconds and that's my I'll say. give yep. ground on 50 others. Yeah. That's not an accident. In a microsecond, he changes his attitude. Every every action in footy happens in a microsecond. Yeah. I, I'd and it's say the accumulation not that much. of all these things that happen on the way to that yeah. microsecond. I, I'd say not that much. Yeah. So that's where you and I'll differ on that. Um, Thank God we're not on a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> we need there somebody still, to split. There, there still yeah. has to be accidents in the yep. game. Yes. But that's not yep. the one to rule the line on. And the AFL doesn't have the luxury of ruling the line on that one. That's where I think Luke Beveridge is wrong. So he wants the idea. He, he wants to take it back to your idea of malice, which is a, a sound mm. idea, but it's completely impractical for the the legal environment around contact sport. The AFL doesn't have the luxury of going, oh, well, everything can just be an accident except mm. the malicious act. Mm. That's not helpful to the debate. We actually have moved past that. It's trying to figure out where 
to rule the line. And we've way overstepped on the dangerous tackle as mm. to where that line is. And, and yeah, and even in that area, this is not the finish line on no, that no. either. And and I suspect in we ten years' further. time yeah. we'll be we'll be conditioned to be okay on and techniques will change as a result of it. So it's just I don't think we I don't think we gave anyone a chance to change techniques and attitudes in this crackdown. No, correct, correct, because we're on the run here. So I think we, as much as I want James Sicily to get off next week, I would think every one of us and everyone listening out there would think the James Sicily tackle replicated perfectly exactly the same in two years is an automatic three, four-week suspension. Yeah. We're going to move to that. But, yep. w- but we don't mm. know well, whether it should be just yet. It's amazing. I saw a vision of uh, Sean Burgoyne tackling Patrick Dangerfield during the week. Was it two, three years ago, I think now? It's 2020. And, then. and we would nearly say that was a perfect executed tackle. As a, as, a t- as a team, yeah. we'd be like, Sean, great tackle. Now you look at it and you think, oh, gee, that's not good. Yeah, he almost <laughs> and that's only three flipped years. him onto the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, that that it is a concern that we are in. We're halfway up the the scale here. Yeah. Whether we go further, and we will go further, but I do, yeah. I think we need really clear direction. Mm. And and I do think the fans of the game and the observers of the game need to be given a chance to follow as well. So I, I know you you and and Sammy, you also look at the the. the the emails, the texts hey, in front yeah. There is an enormous, and we don't pay it enough credence, there is an enormous amount of people, and I know society's moved, but there's an enormous amount of people who love the combative, physical, robust nature of our sport. And they don't want to be dictated to that we're going to go further up the scale with less, uh, less robust play in tackling uh, confrontation bump scenario. There's an enormous amount of people that are in direct opposition to yeah. that. Yep, and uh, that's that's part of the education process, I think. So the game, the game won't be softer for the. So you're saying we educate them, or and they just lose yeah, their I, argument? I don't think I don't think you lose any physicality out of the game. Like you look at the initial yeah. law writers of the game of AFL football, you had to tackle above the knees, below the shoulders. There was dropping the ball. There was holding the ball. So these rules were put in place early days about not protecting the head and not taking the head off. I don't think we lose physicality from a dump tackle. Isaac, I'm looking at your stat sheet here. I'm looking <laughs> in the tackle. I'm looking in the tackle column, and uh, yeah, we well, can't it, get in trouble if you don't tackle them. <laughs> <laughs> He's ahead of his time. <laughs> but I think you don't lose any physicality. It's just the players will learn how to execute the new style of tackle yeah. with physicality because mm. the speed on the game now, like you look at the Mansell-Aish contact and the speed that that happened at was ridiculous. Point taken. The one thing you say, though, which I'd take you to task on is, um, yes, they'll learn a different way to use physicality. I don't think there is a different way to tackle in this new era with physicality. You, you're tackling to contain you're not tackling with physical, robust play in this future we see of where it's, it's going to morph towards. I'm not sure we can sheet it all back or a large percentage of it back to the fact that there's just not a singular person as a footy boss. Is that not a cop-out? I mean, the, the, this is a big – this is Australia's leading sporting organisation. There are many minds at work here. Uh, we've got an acting footy boss, for the record, yep. which is Laura Kane. They are meeting all the time on the rules of the game. Because Who, who's we articulated for us what's going on? But but because we at don't at any stage, but someone could. But no, someone no, could. No, no, don't give me could. 
Who has? If they wanted to, Laura Kane could easily get up at the moment and do a press conference, deliver a statement, a, a memo, whatever it might be. Well, in she's a public partially thing. stepped into that for she has. Isn't she with the with but the numbers. Just because aspect. we don't have a person with a letterhead on their desk, does that mean that this rule just just wafts away into the wind? Like, I find that really hard to grapple with. I know. I know we want a footy boss, and all clubs want a footy boss. It goes without saying. But are we going to blame that for the fact that we've got a? a a wishy-washy. But somebody no, must that, that, own this yeah, area. Yeah, that's the vacuum. So there's been – I can't remember at the start of the year anybody articulating the crackdown. No, no, it's happened in stealth. And no, at no stage mm. across 21 suspensions in 13 weeks has anyone been prepared to put their name to it yet as to what's going on and where we're going. Like In the past, so uh, I think the best example – dissent. Yeah, Brad Scott. Brad yeah. Scott. D- doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. He was the one who put his voice well, to it. Well, plenty didn't. He did it. Bang and bang. <laughs> Steve Hopping really. put his voice to all the changes that were being <laughs> he, made. He put that out there and then had to pull it back again. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean. But that, that's where I just, it's impossible to follow because I don't think we've been given any clear direction other than we watch the tribunal every week, of which about five of us watch the tribunal every week and yeah. read about it. Also, and everyone else comments without following precisely what's and, going on. And I think about five people watch that memo that the AFL put out about what constitutes the correct tackle. So, I mean, they're probably sitting there thinking, well, if the clubs and the players aren't even willing to watch what we're giving them, yeah, where does that, that That's the problem. That's the problem is you can't, everyone needs to work together, not go, no, bugger your, e- yeah. bugger your email. Yeah. We're not interested in it. No, no, we need everybody to be, to get onto the same page here because we don't want 21 suspensions for it for the rest of the year. And I think as players, the players just get on the page. I, th- I think we do. I think we've shown we'll have teething issues like we did with the bump, like we did with the descent rule. But pretty quickly, the players just move to the that's new That's what I norm. mean. You adjust. The players are very good but at that's pretty. That's that's a flimsy attitude to say they, they get on the page. I mean, they got on the page with accidental contact to umpires and it cost Todd Curley his career. You can't just assume that they're going to pick it up along the uh, along the way. You have to have and somebody coming to them and say, oh, this I'm, yeah, is I'm going not, to be the way it is. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying Jared's saying we need all parties on board. And from a player's point of view, you'll have the players on board. They just need to know where it is. Did you see the video guidelines on tackling? Did you look at it? <laughs> Isaac, <laughs> Derm, you said I don't tackle, so why would I need to look at something like that? <laughs> the news of the week on Crunch Time for Repco Authorised Service. Penrite Oil and your local Repco Authorised Service. It is Trent Cochin's 300th game tonight. He is an icon of the Richmond Footy Club. A due honour has been paid throughout the week, and we're going to have Peggy O'Neill, the former president, join us on Crunch Time next.